Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. As you can tell, <coughs> full of a cold. Don't worry, it's not COVID. At least I hope it's not. But yeah, full of a cold. Um, I've had it for about a week. But but I thought, you know what? I won't do a podcast this week. But that AEW show on Wednesday, I just I loved it. So I thought, you know what? I'll plug the microphone in, waffle a bit of shit for 15, 20 minutes. And yeah, off we go, off we go. Um, but yeah, yeah. So as as I said, basically, we're here to talk about arcade and anarchy from the other night. I thought that dynamite for me was up there with one of the best dynamites they've ever done. And people might say that's like a bit of a bold statement, but I think I think dynamite the last basically dynamite really got into the stride. I found at least that that winter is coming show in December. I think since then it's been solid to very good TV pretty much every week. Do you know what I mean? It's been really good stuff. And I I, th- I think last night's was top three, top four, top five shows of Dynamite. But the last four weeks, I mean, you all listened to the Revolution Review, or at least I hope you did. I wasn't the biggest fan of that show, but I think they've rebounded magnific- mis- magnificently Sorry, since then. Um, there's been strong Dynamites, there's been fresh new angles. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's been really positive. Um, a shame, one of the shames is, which I'm going to touch on before we get into the actual show is, the ratings now. Obviously, they actually announced on NXT TV this week. They are NXT are moving. They've, you know, what I mean, they've announced defeat. Well, I wouldn't say that. So basically, because of hockey, because of hockey, yeah, they've gone from Wednesday to Tuesday because USA want the hockey on on a Wednesday, and um, so they're now going to be Tuesday nights. Um, and they announced that on their NXT TV this week, and it couldn't come soon enough because the ratings this week were. AEW 700,000. I mean, when I seen that, part of me was gutted because there's no bias on the show with WWE or AEW. But I think for the quality of show that AEW are putting out, they deserve they deserve to be getting some of the highest viewers that they've had. And I'm hoping that like Tony Khan's clever enough to know that just because the ratings haven't quite been where they were to keep putting on this type of quality of show, because the show, as I said, has been pretty much fantastic really for me the last four weeks i mean a lot of people for some reason i just can't i'm not saying you should like this you should like that but as wrestling fans i can't personally work out why like why people wouldn't like these shows we're getting good angles good stories and at least two or three really really strong matches on each show um but yeah the ratings i mean the observer reporting that it's because of women that the women viewership has gone from I think the women viewership was like 37, 38%. And it's now dropped to like 28, 29%. So there has been a drop off with women. I'm not sure if that, not sure if I believe that that's the whole reason. I mean, if you're looking at the drop off, AEW was probably averaging at the start of the year around the 850 mark. So to drop to 700,000, you're not telling me 150,000 of that are all women. Um, so there's got to be something. I don't know if it's just because they've come off a pay per view. Maybe like I said at Revolution, I said people weren't going to like that show, and since then the rate since Revolution the rating has dropped, and I think it could be a part of that because I don't like people. There's a lot of wrestling podcasters that will claim something's really good when it might not be. Do you know what I mean? Just because they don't, they know that a lot of AEW fans might watch the show and they're like they don't want to offend the viewers. I couldn't give a shit if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, I love all our listeners, all our viewers, but if you think Revolution was good, that's within your opinion, but I'm not going to make you feel better about your pin by saying, yeah, Revolution was a great pay-per-view. B 
because I'd be lying to you, and you might as well not bother listening to me, because that pay-per-view revolution, for me, was a big disappointment. There was some good stuff on the show, but it wasn't it wasn't on the level of AEW pay-per-views you'd hope for. Um, I've always said I think the AEW television show is usually better than the pay-per-views. And when you're charging, if, I'm, if I'd have paid £50 for that pay-per-view, $50, whatever it is you pay in the States, I'd probably be tempted not to watch Dynamite myself if I didn't have this podcast. Because that pay-per-view for me, over-promised and under-delivered. But since then, they've been on fire, I think, with Dynamite. I mean, if you've listened to the show in recent weeks, I've done nothing but praise them. And that is not going to change on this show. NXT, I did watch NXT. We're not going to go into big detail on NXT, but I did watch the NXT show last night. Half-heartedly watched it. I mean, if you're going to watch NXT, I'd say... If you've not watched it for a few weeks, watch it. Because you'll... It'll help you get... Cause like, I've not watched NXT in a while, really, except the TakeOver. So it got, for me, it made me understand the stories going into TakeOver next week. So that point of it was good. And um, the prime target, wow. The prime target, which is basically an extended video package of the Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly rivalry, was absolutely fantastic. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what, what do I need to watch on NXT? Go out your way to watch the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly prime target because it was absolutely fantastic. Um, it really made me want to watch that match right away. And I will, going to be honest, next week, by the way, if you are subscribing to the channel, which 1,000, almost one, almost 1,200 of you are now, um, I don't know how many, because Apple Podcast doesn't tell you how many subscribers you've got, but we've got quite a lot of subscribers on the Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, Spotify. Um, next week, I am going to be doing a lot of WrestleMania coverage. Now, the plan, the plan, Plan card subject to change, people. But the plan, as I'm recording, is me and Tebs are going to do a WrestleMania preview this weekend, hopefully. But obviously, at the solo wise, I will be reviewing Raw on Tuesday. Um, this is all off the top of my head, by the way, because I haven't took any notes really for the show. Um, so we're, it's Tuesday. Look out for the review of Raw. Wednesday, I'm hoping to put a preview up of Takeover. Um, Thursday, we will be reviewing the night before's Takeover potentially even commenting on Dynamite the night before. Um, Friday, there will be night two recap of TakeOver. Um, Saturday, hopefully get a bit of SmackDown on there, if I'm still alive at this point. Sunday, I'll be staying up Saturday night to watch WrestleMania. Um, staying up to watch WrestleMania, that sounded depressing. I'm used to being there in the building, and this time next year, I will be in Dallas, unless another pandemic hits, which, touch wood, it doesn't. Um, so... Yeah, Sunday morning, I will have a recap of the show. And Sunday, I am traveling to Leeds. Yeah, I know we're in a lockdown, but sh don't tell Boris. I'm lying, by the way, if anyone's watching. No, Sunday, going up to Leeds, going up to Neil's house, big group of us going up. Um, so I will record night one's review of WrestleMania um, Sunday before I go. And then Sunday night, I'll probably have some coverage of... I don't know, I'm thinking maybe doing like, I'll be honest with you... When it comes to drinking off of the people that are going are all animals, so I'm not really sure if being live on YouTube is the best for <laughs> the podcast, to be honest with some of the opinions that will be going around. But I will I hope to get something live with all of us in the room, maybe giving our predictions of the night or just, just basically spying on us. Um Monday. So yeah, so we've got shows to all week next week. WrestleMania. I might even do some reviews of some of the indie shows that I will be watching. Um so yeah. WrestleMania night two now, the pubs do, the beer garden. Some guy tweeted me, if you're listening to this, you've got seven minutes in and you were saying that you weren't listening to the show. But Monday the 12th of April, the morning after Mania night two, 
beer gardens open in the UK. So for the first time in six months, I am going to the pub for a pint with all my wrestling friends in Leeds. So we've got all the pubs booked. I'm hoping to be alive enough to do a quick review of night two on the Monday morning. But I ain't promising anything, but that will be up on at least Wednesday. So you'll have enough shows to get to listen to by then anyway. But yeah, that is the outline of the plan. Card subject to change for WrestleMania week on the WWE versus AEW podcast. You know what? I'm thinking a change in the WWE. Full, like, full exclosure. Is that the word? No. Full, I'm a window cleaner, people. I'm not the brightest bulb in the bat. Right. Bulb in the bat. So I'm thinking of changing it from WWE versus AEW because it just sounds a bit bit stupid done it really <laughs> so i mean i'm sick of my at on twitter being wwe versus aew but i'm just thinking of changing it to daniel ball wrestling or something like that but well, let me know what you think about that just drop me a dm or something um but yeah so a lot I'm, I'm thinking a lot of change now going forward with the channel i'm thinking it's going to be hard for me because i say i am going to be going out a lot i always will probably watch raw and Dynamite every week. So I'm going to try and do maybe a 20, 25 minute review of Raw on a Tuesday. Because that's when I watch it in the UK. To be going for some reason. Don't know why. I've got like the highest Wi-Fi possible. But um, yeah, saying that I've got strong Wi-Fi. But apparently not. Um but yeah, you'll be getting two shows a week from me going forward. Trying to shake up the channel a bit. Because we've got, I couldn't believe this, 20,000 followers on Twitter. Now, people, including me, will be the first to tell you that doesn't necessarily relate to downloads or to interest or to anything really. But it's a pretty fucking cool landmark, isn't it? 20,000 followers on Twitter. When I started the Twitter page, I think I started the Twitter page like a month or two before I went to WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. And to have grown it in three years to 20,000 followers is, I suppose it's a little achievement along the way. But yeah, so I just want to say thanks to everyone who's followed us, everyone who listens to the podcast. And yeah, just quite a big landmark. So at 20,000, I thought, Do you know what? When I get to 20,000 followers, I need to start putting a bit more effort into the podcast. Because if you listen, I do pay-per-view reviews. I do occasional weekly shows. But I know as listeners, you want regular content on certain days so i'm going to try and do that going forward so on a tuesday there will be raw reviews this is after mania week tuesday raw reviews until raw kills me off and on a thursday reviews of dynamite but probably only going to be 20 25 minute shows because i was thinking about it attention spans these days although i like listening to one podcast apparently a lot of people don't i don't know if that's just me listening to me maybe you don't like that but yeah Attention span the short. So I'm going to try with the shorter reviews of Raw, the shorter reviews of Dynamite. I, I say short. This show I was planned on being 20 minutes today because, as you can hear, I am full of a cold. And Preston v Norwich. The first game without Alex Neal in charge is about to kick off in about an hour. But I'm 11 minutes in and I've not even spoke about Arcade Anarchy. So I do have a tendency to babble on. But, yeah, so there's some of the plans going forward for the channel. So, yeah, we spoke about the rain. So I'm going to talk about Dynamite, yeah. As I said, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Um, it was, what? what is it? Without adverts, the show's about an hour and 40 minutes in it. And in this show, we open up with Christian versus Kazarian. And I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, this isn't like your flippy match that people like Jim Cornette apparently hate about AEW. It's just your well-worked professional wrestling match. And it was just, I just thought it was great. The pace in the match started off slow, 
They're working into it slow. Then it picks up. It picks up. It picks up. The selling in the match was great. At one point, I was sat there because I was properly trying to study Christian. So I thought, is this guy still in ring shape? He, his wrestling was great. And I thought, he did look gassed, yeah? And I'm sat there thinking, Christian is that good of a seller? Is he actually gassed or is he just selling well? And I still don't really know. So, yeah. So, go, he nearly went almost 20 minutes in his first match back. And it, it was a great match. And the booking... Sorry, they booked Kazarian in this match. I and mean, Kazarian really showed in this match what a really, really good professional wrestler he is. I mean, it's amazing that WWE never picked him up along the years. The guy, obviously, he's been in tag team wrestling for a lot recently, but the guy can really go in singles matches. He had the match with, who's I watching with? I watched uh, Dark Elevation the other night, the other night, the other night, sorry. Um, and he had a really good match with Danny, Lim Danny Limelight on there. So, yeah. A side note, by the way. I really enjoyed Dark Elevation this week. There's some really good stuff on it. There was a really good Jungle Boy Jack Evans match. Um, we got to see um, Hikaru Shida and Tyanora Conti in tag team action. The debut of Orange Cassidy's um, new theme, which is fucking brilliant. I've seen people saying they didn't like it. Do one! That is a brilliant theme tune. It proper. The, by the Pixies, by the way, if you're looking for that on Spotify. Is it the Pixies? Yep. Great song. It fits Orange Cassidy's personality perfectly. Perfectly. Um, but yes, we've got much dark elevation. We've got off on a tangent. I'm going to struggle to do only 20-minute reviews, by the way, because I do like going off on a tangent. But yeah, the Christian Kazaria match, it was it was such a well-worked match. I, I loved it. I really did. I almost went four stars on it. Um, we are a star ratings podcast. Do you know what I mean? I always apologise. I know shouldn't give star ratings. You know what? I like star ratings. So you're going to get my fucking star ratings. I went three and three quarters on this. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and it wasn't like your normal, I don't know, it didn't really feel like your normal sort of dynamite match, if you know what I mean. It was more like a WWE match, but it was worked that well that it really did work out well. Everything was smooth. It was crisp. Um, Christian's constantly going for the kill switch. It'll always be the unprettier to me, by the way. But I think he got gets it on like his fourth attempt or something like that, third or fourth attempt. And gets the win. But yeah, really, really strong match. Christian showed that he still has it. I mean, people doubted this. If you watch the Royal Rumble match, I know it was a Royal Rumble match, so it's a different type of match than an actual singles match, but he's still got it in. I hate to say the champ, but he has. He's still got it. He was really, really good in this match. And as you saw in the Rumble, he was really good. He's in great shape, by the way. He looks flipping. I've been going on a lot of runs, doing a lot of sit-ups uh, this lockdown. And I'm telling you, I don't have the body that Christian does. Far from it. But yeah, um, we what else was on the show? We got Cody versus QT. This was billed as the exhibition match. We have spots where like Cody has him beat with a crossroad, throws him to the floor. Um, and then the back, the angle at the end of the match, QT drops on Anderson. And then we get, who was it? Aaron Solo, um, Anthony Ogogo, former boxer from the UK. And who was the other one? It was, the, I can't, Nick. And I don't even have it in my notes, but Nick, I can't think of it. Don't I can't say his I can't say his name. We had a match with, with uh, Moxley a few months ago, but they all basically turn on the other members of the night from their family on Lee Johnson on Dustin Rhodes. And they throw Lee Johnson over the rope to the ramp. Uh, and I liked that Excalibur touched on. Did this stem from when um Lee Johnson didn't give credit to QT Marshall in his training when he got signed to AEW? I did like that. If you remember a few, it was about a month ago now at least, where he did mention that sort of started the seeds to this feud. I really like that. Um, 
Spike Powell driver to dust in on the steps, which was great. And then they're about to, QT's about to nail Cody's shoulder with the steel chair, but Red Velvet makes the save. And I was loving the angle, loving the angle to that point, but I wasn't sure about the velvet, Red Velvet part. But in AEW, we trust in terms of storytelling. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a really good angle. Backstage, uh, Jade Cargill attacks Red Velvet, um, we get a great Moxley promo. It was only like a minute. He's backstage, but it was just an amazing promo. He's just talking about the burns on him and that he owes the books. I like that he dropped that in setting it up tonight in case you forgot. And he was saying that Cesar Bononi can make AEW money, but not if Moxley kills him. I just thought that was great. Great little promo. Moxley's just such a, I hate the word cool, but he's such a cool guy, isn't he? Everyone wants to be him. The guy is just... Just a great baby face, isn't he? He's great baby face. Um, and Moxley has a match with Benoni. It was a decent match. Um, it was more competitive than you may have think, which is what AEW tend to do with these so-called squash matches. And yeah, really, it was a really competitive match. But in the end, um, Moxley chokes out Benoni. Um, we get the segment next. I thought they might drag this out a little bit further because I'm assuming the Inner Circle and um, the Pinnacle are going to have a pay-per-view match at Double or Nothing. And we are still eight weeks away from Double or Nothing. Just thought maybe they'd bring them back in a few weeks. So you had to say five, six weeks to build towards the pay-per-view. But basically the Pinnacle, they, they do a segment. You've all seen it by now. MJF is basically giving the Pinnacle like a new bathroom. And inside it is the inner circle looking pissed off. And yeah, they just basically take back the dressing room. Each member of the inner circle gets the moment of shine on a member of the pinnacle. We get Hager beat. I mean, first it starts to think Guevara. Who's Guevara beating up? Guevara is beating up. Just remember Sean Spears. Guevara's beating up Sean Spears backstage. Um, and then like each member, Santana and Ortiz are beating up different members of FTR. We get Jake Hager um, beating up. Wardlow and then Chris Jericho shoves MJF's head down the toilet. I was thinking, oh, don't take the goofy route. But then the TV's on the wall. I was thinking the moment where Jericho threw Shawn Michaels through that TV screen. But instead, he said, I can't think of the line that he said, but he said the similar line to what he said to Shawn Michaels. But instead of the TV, he nails him through the Pepsi machine. CM Punk hint there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was great. They get out of our dressing room, bit goofy. Yeah, they take the sign off and the inner circle sign is back. On the dressing room doors. This was a really, really good segment. Next. Now, I was watching the show yesterday. As you can tell, as I've alluded to, I'm full of a cold, yeah. And I was watching this in bed. And I was sort of like, I was shattered. Because I've been at work every day this week. Fighting through this cold. And I'm in bed. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm dozing off here. But I need to watch Dynamite, yeah. And it's the Omega Good Brothers versus Laredo Kid, Pentagon and Phoenix match. And we're in the first five minutes, yeah. And I'm like, half asleep. By the end of this match, I'm sat up in bed on the edge of my seat watching this. What a fucking brilliant tag team match this was. Every week we seem to be getting these great PWG-style six-man tag matches, and I'm all for it. I am all for it. Um, it was just an incredible... I'm not going to name all the spots, but Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, as it's like the theme of this podcast. Ray Phoenix is unbelievable. Laredo Kid did great in this match as well. But the spot, I'm watching the match. Then all of a sudden, Ray Phoenix is running across the ropes, doing that great spot, kneeing someone in the head. It was just, it was brilliant. Eventually, I think Omega got the pin with a one-winged angel on Laredo Kid, if I'm right. And Moxley comes out, stares down uh, Omega and the Good Brothers, and the Young Bucks, who 
Matt Jackson had a, that was something I missed as well. Matt Jackson had a nice little promo with uh, backstage with um, Don Callis backstage. Don Callis slapped him. He comes out, he signed the slap, and I was like, you, you don't need to sell that slap from Don Callis. But um, yeah, so it's the Bucks and Moxley chase off Omega and the Good Brothers. So that was a good end to the match, really. So yeah, builds up for next week. And yeah, this match was just great. They're going crazy. I went three and three quarters on this match. No, it was three and a half. I went three and a half because that quarter of a star matters, by the way. Don't know why I keep winking. But three and a half stars for that. And another really good match. So this pay-per-view, you've had this pay-per-view. Might as well have been a pay-per-view. This TV show, you've had two great angles, yeah? A great opener. A great, crazy six-man tag match. The two matches that were great could not be more different to each other. One's like a really scientific, well-worked pro wrestling match. And the other one is a crazy six-man PWG-style tag. So, yeah, just absolutely. Just, just like And then, and then, Arcade Anarchy. I don't know what to say about this match. I was again getting ready to fall asleep. I couldn't give a shit about this match at the start. I've not enjoyed this whole stuff. If you're regular listeners of the podcast, you'll have heard me complaining that Miro is with. I was a big Rusev fan in WWE. Do you know what I mean? I was there in New Orleans when Rusev Day took over WrestleMania weekend that week. And I've always thought, this guy, main event potential. And he's been with AEW since the end of August. Maybe start of September. I think end of August, yeah? They've done nothing with him. It's been one of the big disappointments for AEW. I mean, the, what they've done with Miro has been terrible. I mean, I do hear people say, look, AEW plans stories out so far in advance. If they sign someone, they don't necessarily know what to do with them at first. They struggle with adding people in, but it's been like eight or nine months now. The length of a pregnancy almost. So, do you know what I mean? They've had time. But hopefully, everyone thought this match was going to end with Miro turning on Kip. Didn't happen. And if you'd have said to me before, it's not going to happen. I'd have been like, well, what's the point of this match? The point of this match, just crazy. I just loved it. The amount of thought they put into it. For a start off, it was brutal. A complete brutal match. Miro... Miro, some of the spots, I'm struggling to talk here. Miro, some of the spots he was in were crazy. He takes a hell of a beating. And you've got the stat, it's just proper themed. You've got all like, you know, like when you go in arcades and there's like teddies and stuff with like how many tickets you need to get them from the arcade machines. But instead, it's weapons. Great little touch. 20,000 tickets for a steel chair. Miro gets nailed with a steel chair. That was great. We get Chris Statlander. Remember her? She'd been out of action since, I think, Double or Nothing around the time of Double or Nothing last year. She makes a return. She's an alien. So what do you do? You get her to pop out the alien teddy machine that's in Toy Story. That was brilliant. She comes out. She beats up Penelope. Crazy, crazy bump through the table. That was brilliant. We get Legos. I don't think we've had Legos in AW yet. Maybe we did on maybe the Fighter Fest show, I want to say, at the very start. But... Not on the TV. That was great. Chuck's going through it. Kip's going through the Lego. Um, it's just great. And it, we get the return of Chucky T. He comes. The camper van's there as Miro's going after um, Orange Cassidy. And um, oh, mine's gone blank. And Chuck. And then the camper van's there. Sue's there giving it the good old pump. And then Chuck Taylor gets out of the camper van. And then eventually you've got Miro who climbs on top of the camper van. Do you know what I mean? He, he looks like a killer because he's like that vicious. He's going for, um, for, uh, for, oh, mine's gone. Mine's gone. The Lemsip has got the better of me. And um, he's going for Trent Beretta's, Trent Beretta, not that one. He's going for Trent's mum, Sue. He looks like a killer. But one of the only spot I didn't like was, so Miro's going for Sue, yeah. 
he's attacking the van and Trent gets him off the van, yeah? If someone's attacking your mum, you're going to be bang, 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 bang. But instead, Trent's like bang and they walk and brawl. But it wasn't like, you just think if someone's attacking your mum, it's going to be bang, 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 like that. It's not going to be, like I said, a punch, a 15-second walk, a punch. So I didn't like the aggression that Trent showed in that bit. But then we get um, Trent... I think Trent puts Rusev through a table and we get Chuck driving Kip off the stage through a table. It's just a crazy, brilliantly booked match. Chuck gets the win on Kip. So Miro, you'd assume we're finally going to get that turn because Miro didn't even want to be in the match. He takes a beating in the match and then Kip loses the match. Miro saying he wants to go for a title and Kip's having him lose matches he didn't even want to be in. So that turn is definitely coming. And it was just great. The end of Dynamite, I'm thinking that was a great match. And then it ends. You've got Trent, Chuck, Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander all in the ring hugging. You've got Sue on the side. Sue's out on the side, pumping in a camper van, waving. You've got Orange Cassidy's Pixies music playing. I just thought, what a great, great happy ending to the feud. Great happy ending to the show. I think this match... It's not a technical masterclass. Uh, it doesn't need to be. This match was one of the best in Dynamite history. It was great. It was innovative. I mean, like I said, I started the match, as I tweeted this out, I started the match not giving a shit. It had great moments, great pace, great little touches, two returns. It was innovative, and it had a great feel-good moment. Then what more can you want in a wrestling match? It was just fantastic. Someone was saying, I think I said a tweet, and I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to do it justice. It was like, only wrestling could have like Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, Lego, an alien, and someone's mum involved in it turned out to be great. So yeah, I love this match. It was one of the best dynamites they've done. I went four and a half stars on that. So fuck off, Cornet. Yeah. It was great. Four and a half stars, yeah. This got the same match rating as Okada versus Shingo. Because yeah, Okada Shingo, great wrestling, which I love. Yeah, I love that. New Japan's probably my favorite wrestling company at the moment, if I'm brutally honest, yeah. AW's catching them up quickly though. But if you don't, if you're not willing to have fun and appreciate if you put that Okada Shingo match, Shingo match, yeah, in front of me on an afternoon where I wasn't in the mood to watch wrestling, and arcade anarchy in front of me on an afternoon where I wasn't in the mood to watch wrestling, I'm putting arcade anarchy on. It's fucking great. I loved it. One of the best matches, one of my favorite matches in Dynamite history. And yeah, this is a great dynamite. Christian versus um Kazarian. Really good professional wrestling match. A crazy six-man tag. A crazy gimmick match that you wouldn't see anywhere else. A nice little angle. Two nice little angles with, like, factions. It was just... AEW Dynamite is on fire, and it's a travesty that they only got 700,000 viewers. But, as I say, NXT's making the move. Hopefully, they'll get more viewers. But it's fine. The shows are this good. I ain't asked about the viewers. Obviously, yeah, it'd be nice. But, Tony Khan, you are doing one hell of a job. And all these WWE fans, yeah, I know, like, people... Oh, you're biased towards this, biased towards that. I used to get accused of being biased towards WWE, but I just can't get into my head how people don't appreciate this AEW product at the moment. Like, I'm just thinking, is it just biasy? What is it? I don't get it. Like, if WWE's great, I'll be the first to say, yeah, that was great. I thought Fastlane, against popular opinion, I thought that was great. People didn't like it, but it was great. Well done, WWE. Raw was shit the other night, but I ain't doing a show on that. I'll save that for when I start doing Raw reviews, but... Dynamite is on fire, on fire. And this was a great show, put me in a great mood. It's made me do what was meant to be a 20-minute podcast. I'm now approaching 28 minutes. 
full of a cold. It's Good Friday in the UK. And yeah. Oh, I enjoyed that. Go and watch Dynamite, everyone. And while you're at it, subscribe to our channel. We are at, on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. I myself, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Daniel Ball Wrestling on YouTube, WWE versus AEW on Apple, Spotify, Google, the rest of it. Who says our brand is not, branded's not on point? Flipping it. Someone organised. Need to sort it out. We are also on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Do you remember that? Yeah, it needs to all get sorted. We're going to get it sorted. 20,000 followers. Thanks, everyone, for the support. And, yeah, it's time to start taking the channel a bit more seriously. WrestleMania is next weekend. This is the last weekend where I'm not able to do anything. Pubs open next weekend. I am ready for a pint. And I will speak to you all later. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. See you later, everyone. I'm about to go and watch North End get dicked by Norwich. Ugh. See you later. And WrestleMania week next week. Buzzing. The coffee's got to my head. See you later, everyone.